Welcome to Villainous Deems Dear McDeath. This podcast is hosted by Michaela Dalsing. She's a licensed mental health counselor, and it's her mission to make mental health understandable and relatable. She talks about common issues she sees in the world, as well as answers questions of readers. If you have any questions for a therapist in general or Michaela, please email us at villainousteam at gmail.com. Dear McDeath, episode two. All right, welcome back to those of you that are listening to the second episode of Dear McDeath. Um, congratulations on making it to the second episode and not being bored by the sound of my voice yet. Uh, I promise I'll do my best to not bore you guys this time. And if this is your first time, I still make that promise of trying my best not to bore you. So today's word of the day is resilience. Resilience first came about as a topic to research in the 1970s, and they were looking at the differences between, like, I think it was school-aged children and why certain school-aged children responded one way and other school-aged children responded. The original research that, like, examined resilience was done in Hawaii, and it was uh, studying a group of children to see which ones had positive outcomes of their life and which ones had negative. So in the, in the island that they examined, the population was quite poor and like many students, children grew up with um, parents that had problems with alcoholism or mental health issues. And it was essentially like to divide out kids that followed in their parents' footsteps and the kids that didn't. And so it was outlining like, okay, the resiliency factors that kept these kids from not becoming alcoholics, not developing mental health issues, um, and what exactly those kids did to be different, essentially. So what is resilience? Uh, resilience is a term that's frequently discussed in you know, pop psychology, self-help books, in terms of, I mean, it's gotten even bigger since positive psychology has been a thing. Uh, I think positive psychology's genesis was probably in the 1990s, late 1990s. Uh, however, the term resilience has been around since the 1970s. That being said, a lot of people didn't start using it as a psychological term. I would like to say in the last 10 to 15 years. Granted, I haven't been in the field for more than the last 10 to 15 years, but it slowly seems like it's gathered more and more of a following, especially in terms of self-help industry and what's been coming out. So in terms of what is resilience, what does that word even mean? Uh, resilience to me is just essentially the ability to bounce back, the ability to come back from something uh, and figure out a way to adapt to it and ideally make it beneficial for yourself. But at the end of the day, as long as you can cope with it and you can bounce back and at least get back to your baseline, which is like what life was like before the bad thing happened, then you're being resilient. So resilience is one of my favorite words just because it really focuses on the strength of a character. When I try to conceptualize or think about resilience in terms of like a relatable thing in life, one of the things that comes to mind is the final girl in horror movies. So it's almost October. Yes, it's like 
end of August, beginning of September. But to me, that's almost October. It's time to break out your horror movies. Let's be honest, it's time year-round to break out your horror movies. I watch them any time of the year because they're amazing. So for those of you that are unfamiliar or just maybe need a touch-up on what The Final Girl is, uh, The Final Girl is the character that manages to survive the whole movie. So the origins of The Final Girl is in this slasher genre of horror movies. So think like Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Halloween. So pretty much any of those slasher movies, you have your final girl. You have your girl that makes it to the end and you're like, how the fuck did she make it to the end? It's because that bitch didn't run up the stairs. I mean, sometimes she did. I guess Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street ran up the stairs. Somehow she managed to make it through, though. Uh, moral of the story, don't run up the stairs. <laughs> We've all yelled it, but yet I don't know what we would all do in a horror movie scenario. Hopefully we wouldn't run up the stairs. Who knows? So the final girl essentially goes through all of this shit the whole entire movie. Like, she watches her best friends die. She has numerous encounters with death. But somehow, at the end of the movie, she manages to survive. And you're like, all right, this chick somehow did it. The final girl is like the embodiment of resilience to me. Because she makes it through everything. So the thing about the final girl is that she might whine a little bit. She might cry a little bit. But no matter what happens, no matter what kind of emotions she experiences throughout the course of the movie, at the end, she prevails. So that's to say, like, resilience isn't the absence of hardship or suffering or feeling shitty about that hardship or suffering. Resilience is like, all right, I went through this really hard fucking thing and it was miserable. I suffered a lot. But here I am. Like, it's the, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to stand back up. I'm going to keep going. Because I'm the only person that has my own back. So resilience to me is recognizing that life sucks. Life sucks a lot. And there are times where you're going to want to curl up in a closet and just cry. But at the end of the day, like, you... I think we all want to be that final girl and be like, you know what? Screw this shit. I'm going to rock this chainsaw. Come at me. I don't even know if there's a movie where a final girl rocks a chainsaw. I think I was thinking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I actually think it's the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre where the girl finally gets the chainsaw and, like, uses it. But that's kind of a cult movie, so I don't know if people would even know it, nor do I know if I'm remembering correctly. I think a lot of final girls in their like respective movies probably wanted to give up numerous times. I mean like if you're being chased by a serial killer and you've just like watched at least two of your friends be seriously maimed or killed, I don't think your first thought is to continue to fight. I think our first thought is like, holy shit, and we just want to shut down. And so being the final girl is the not shutting down when you hit that oh shit moment. Like that, I just witnessed 
these awful things or I have these awful things going on in my life and everything is telling you to shut down. Everything about your like self-protective nature is telling you like shut down, just give up, curl up and you're like nope can't do that. So being like that final girl you're like all right well I want to cry, I want to give up, I just want to lay here but I can't afford to because if I do it's death. So choosing to be that final girl and choosing not to die in this role, essentially, this role of your life, um, it's not the pretty decision and it's not like you're, you want to opt into it. I mean, I don't think any final girl opts into being the final girl. No final girl is like, yeah, sign me up for having a serial killer chase me and my friends around. And by the way, that serial killer is like oddly impervious to everything. Like, I'm pretty sure in one of the Halloweens, he was like filled with bullets and just kept coming back. And like, you're like, I'm running and somehow they're walking and they're keeping up with me. How is this shit happening? How does like suffering continue to keep up with me when I feel like I'm running at my fastest? But at the end of the day, like, it's none of us chose our suffering. None of us chose the shit that goes on in our lives. It's our choice whether or not we do something with it, whether or not we survive it and make ourselves better because of it. And I think that's where the final girl comes in. It's choosing to survive. It's choosing the hard road. It's choosing the miserable road. But really the road that gives you the potential for the future. And that's resilience. Resilience is trying to create something that gives you potential for the future, that positive adaptation to move forward in your life. So the final girl is not necessarily the only resilient character in horror movies. If you think about it, the slasher's almost just as resilient as the final girl in a sense. I mean, we don't look at them as a valuable form of resilience, but at the end of the day, like, the slasher keeps coming back. I mean, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. There's at least six or seven of them. Um, and that's not even including the remakes that have come out in the last, like, ten years. Halloween. I think there's, like, eight of them. And then, like, Friday the 13th. I really lost count. And Jason's been everywhere. Even space. So... I mean, really, in the grand scheme of things, the slashers are just as resilient as the females. So, I mean, if you don't identify with the final girl, maybe you can identify with the slasher. Not in, like, a murdery, stab-stab kind of way, but at least in, like, a, you know what? I'm gonna survive, and I'm gonna work this to my benefit kind of way. I mean, if we want to keep on the track of, like, females kicking ass, you have the femme fatales of film, which... Uh, essentially the femme fatales are these characters that use their feminine wiles? I don't know. They, <laughs> they use the characteristics, and it, it's really an archetype uh, that's been around predating film itself. So the femme fatales essentially are these women that embody like the seductive part? Right now when I'm thinking femme fatale, I think Carrie. And like, clearly Carrie is psychotic in a sense. I hate using that term, but or misusing that term, I should say. 
but Carrie is like the the femme fatale in that she just takes her energy and slaughters people at the end of the movie. I mean, I think if you think of any Rob Zombie movie, uh, Cheryl Moon, his wife, plays excellent femme fatales throughout um, a good portion of his movies. When you think of uh, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and what is, I think the third one is just three. I think it's the number three. Um, but when you think about that character that she plays in that, you're like, fuck yes! Because she's part crazy, part female wiles, part like kick ass, and you just can't help but be like, alright, it's really cool that you've turned everything around. Or the villains of the horror movies, because villains of the horror movies are just as resilient <laughs> as the heroes of the horror movies, and that they just keep coming back. If anything, they come back then more than the heroes do because of sequel after sequel after sequel. And we just eat that shit up. We definitely love that they are so resilient, which is kind of masochistic of us, I guess. But at the same time, it makes for good cinema. So definitely, whether it's the final girl or the villain of a horror movie, both are equally resilient characters because they find a way to cope, to bounce back from whatever happened. Um, I mean, most, if you look at most origin stories of slashers in slasher movies, it's because they had some like odd traumatic event. And so that odd traumatic event was enough to like send them on this murderous rampage. But at the same time, like that was just their way that they came back from it. That was their way that they didn't just wallow. And granted, we don't want people to necessarily come back in a murderous rampage from their traumas. We'd prefer that they like bounce back in a healthier way. It's, it's still a version of bouncing back. I feel like I'm just like making serial killers right now by saying this. <laughs> really hope people don't take this the wrong way and that they take it as like, oh yeah, I guess they are resilient and they get pumped full of bullets, but still remember that their objective is this one thing in the movie. Who knows at this point? Okay, so moving on from horror movies and, you know, the slashers and the final girls. For those of you that aren't fans of horror movies, but maybe fans of some other nerdum, uh, another example of resilience is the character Deadpool. Before Ryan Reynolds made Deadpool, like, a daily name. I don't know if I could say daily name. Before Ryan Reynolds made Deadpool this huge thing, Deadpool was still pretty famous in comic books, especially in the Marvel world. So, for those of you that don't know a lot about Deadpool, Deadpool is essentially a Marvel character that was originally an assassin and then ended up getting diagnosed with cancer. So. When he was diagnosed with this like life-threatening cancer, he underwent this procedure to essentially regenerate. So, uh, unfortunately for Deadpool, it left him looking completely and totally mutilated, which he proceeds to be resilient by continuously making jokes on his own appearance. Not to mention like the embodiment of his physical resilience, which is like you can blow off any body part of Deadpool and it just regenerates. 
And he just makes a joke about it. He just laughs it off. He's like, all right. Sometimes he blows off his own body parts and just keeps moving forward. So if you're not a huge fan of horror movies, but still want to be a fan of resilience, be like Deadpool, you know, just figure out a way to laugh it off and bounce back from the things that come at you. You know, Deadpool, again, suffered a lot in his life, you know, continues to suffer with cancer because it's not like it just made the cancer go away. He just gets to regenerate. So, I mean, he's still suffering. He suffers every time he blows something off. I mean, that, that I'm imagining that's painful as I'll get out. But at the end of the day, he's like, you know what? I'm still here. I'm still going to keep living my life and make it really funny while I do it. So figuring out a, a way to bounce back, figuring out what your motive is for bouncing back is huge. Like, I mean, I don't know if we can say Deadpool has a motive, but we can definitely say that a, the final girl has a motive and the killers in slasher films have motives for bouncing back. Like they have that why as to carrying on and adapting and continuing despite all of the suffering that's occurring in front of them. So recognizing that like having a why and like something that's pushing you forward through. I mean, even if you don't have a why, I feel like to me, one of the like synonyms for resilience is just stubbornness. So if you are like, I don't know if I can be resilient, that sounds super positive. Just be stubborn, maybe. Just like be like, all right, life, you, you threw your best at me and that sucked but I'm gonna be stubborn and keep living. Which I guess, I mean, part of the reason that I wanted to focus on resilience in this podcast in particular is that I was reading a journal article or a news article in the New York Times about like mental health changes since COVID. New York Times article outlined negative mental health incomes that have arisen since COVID. And one of the surprising statistics is that 25% of adults 18 to 24 had thought about suicide in the past 30 days. So that's a really high stat. Like when you think about it, one in four people ages 18 to 24. So if you are in that demographic, like one out of your four friends has thought about it. So... To me, highlighting resilience in a time like this is something that's extremely important just because resilience is going to be what gets us through this. Like, clearly, we are all suffering because of COVID. And to read this statistic, I think a lot of mental health professionals had a feeling it was coming, but I don't know if any of us knew that it would be this high. Like, I didn't know, I don't know if any of us thought that the, the level of suicidal ideation would reach that high. And that's not even to say that we're through the thick of it yet. Needless to say, I don't know if the world of mental health was expecting this or whether or not we're ready for it. We're going to try our best, but it is a lot to think about. It's a lot to think about that many people being that severely impacted that they're thinking about ending their lives. So highlighting resilience and figuring out a way to make it maybe make the concept of it maybe reach more people is one of the main reasons I was like yes resilience is gonna be the next thing we cover because 
with 25% of that age demographic thinking about it, I want people to realize that you can make it through it. You know, there's there's going to be suffering. There's going to be suffering for the rest of our lives. Um, we all we all suffer. Our suffering is subjective. So some of us look at other people's suffering and we're like, wow, they have it so much harder. But regardless, your suffering is your suffering. And like the final girl, you can make the choice to make it through. You can make the choice to be like, you know what? This is coming at me, but here I am. I'm going to stand my ground. I'm going to make it through this. And that's not to say that it won't be pretty. It's not to say that there won't be casualties in your life. But it is to say that if you take that mindset of, I'm going to make it through it, you will make it through it. And there will be a tomorrow. There will be a moving forward from here. How you move forward looks different for everybody. But part of resilience is figuring out that, how do I move forward from here? And sometimes you figure out a way to make the best of the worst circumstances. And other times you just survive the worst circumstances. Either option, completely okay. And it's not black and white. I mean, there there's a whole spectrum of responses in between the I survive or I make the best out of it. There, There is a whole spectrum of paths you could take in order to survive COVID and survive any suffering that comes up in your life in order to eventually get to where you want to be in life. So I really hope this episode has helped some people maybe see what resilience is about just in terms of pushing on despite suffering or despite shitty circumstances that might arise. I mean, ultimately, you have to accept the circumstances that are in front of you. You can do it, you can you can try to do something to change those circumstances, but you can't change COVID, you can't change certain aspects of your life, and so working on accepting those, and then developing like a plan to move forward from that is one of the main ways you're going to bounce back. So, I don't know, maybe be stubborn, maybe... Uh, work on acceptance, maybe develop goals in terms of like, all right, how am I going to bounce back from this? How am I going to adapt in a meaningful way that helps my long term? Or, you know, just survive. That's okay. Survival is okay in this situation. Well, that's all we have for today, villains. So if you liked what you heard today, other ways you can find us come find us at our website villainesteem.com uh, we also have a facebook instagram twitter um, also crazy enough we have a tiktok where you can watch like stupid funny videos about mental health if you didn't like what you heard today that's fine you do you boo hopefully we answered some questions for you and did it in a little less stabby manner than like you know your average reality check or maybe we did it in a more stabby manner than your average reality check. Maybe you can figure some life shit out on this podcast. Maybe you can get all of the answers to all the awkward, crazy questions of life. Don't worry, we'll have plenty more excruciating answers for you on Dear McDeath. The fucking end. Hey. 
I want to just like congratulate people on like fucking <laughs> coming back to listen to the sound of my voice. Like they're not bored of it yet. 